We're going to turn now to uh, our, our time of worship through the Word of God this morning. And we are uh, it, it, just at the beginning here of a sermon series entitled Home Improvement. And seeing God's truths, how He speaks to the nitty-gritty, uh, uh, the, the, the valleys and the mountains, the, 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 the darkness, the light, the hardship of all of our lives. Marriage, parenting, relationships, romance, sex, finances, all these things of our lives, God speaks into them to give us hope. And he wants to bless us and experience his blessing in this broken world. Starting off in the sermon series, we're working through uh, a parenting as we begin here. Thinking of it kind of like the living room of sorts. Last week, we talked about power for parenting. The power of for parenting, Often, oftentimes we can feel powerless, but the reality is we are powerless. What do we do with that? And, and, and part of the point last week was, in terms of parenting, you can't do it. We can't do it. That's not a, a, a sense of failure. That's not the end, like I, we must give up. But no, that's the beginning. In fact, uh, this, this quote from Resource in the Back there by Paul Tripp, a parenting book, he says this about our powerlessness in parenting. So your hope as a parent is not found in your power, your wisdom, your character, your experience, or your success. But in this one thing alone, the presence of your Lord, the creator, savior, almighty, sovereign king is with you. Let your heart rest. You are not in this parenting drama alone. Your potential is greater than the size of your weakness because the one who is without weakness is with you. And he does his best work through those who admit that they are weak. But in weakness, still heed his call. These are words of hope as we come to this place, talking about parenting. And, and, and as we get into this message here today, this is for everyone. Whether you're, whether you're a, a, a teenager, whether you're uh, uh, single and not married or have kids, or maybe you're, you're a single parent, maybe you're grandparenting, maybe you're an aunt or an uncle, maybe you're a teacher with kids. The, the, the principles that we're walking through here apply to all, and we can all be encouraged and learn and grow in these messages here today. Today's text, today's main text, if you want to go ahead and turn there in your Bible or Bible app, is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Uh, while y'all are, are, are turning there, I, uh, I, I need a volunteer to help me with, a, uh, with an exercise here up front. I need a, I need a volunteer. Is that Jaden, are you putting your hand up there? You want to volunteer, Jaden? Oh, that was a hard no. <laughs> I know you didn't want to, Jaden. I just want to embarrass you, brother. I need a little help. I need a volunteer. It can be an adult. It can be anybody. All right, Chase. Thanks for your dad volunteering you. Come on down. Thanks, my man. When uh, uh, I'm going to be likening uh, parenting to to a road trip and to uh, 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 um, uh, like family vacations and things like that, right? And uh, throughout throughout the sermons, this portion of the sermon series, growing up, my dad would say. Um, okay, we're going to go here. We're going to go. And we would ask the question, where are we going? And he would say, crazy. You want to come? <laughs> Any of you guys have dads like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So 
Chase, I'm going to have you, uh, we're going to go on a trip here. I'm going to have you kind of lead us on a trip. And, and here's the button. This is the laser here. So you see that? All right. And uh, so why don't you start off, find, uh, find Worthington here. And uh, for us, where, where do you think Worthington is? All right, sorry, it's the top button there. There you go. Find Worthington. There we go, Worthington, Minnesota, okay? Uh, so, so, so uh, Chase, I'm going to have you, uh, we're going here. So uh, let's go take us on a trip. Chase, just, uh, we're, we're going here. You just, I, I just, we're just going. Just, just get, you're going back and forth. Don't go that way. What are you doing? Slow, whoa, slow down. Slow, slow it down. Why are you doing that? Whoa, hold on. How many times do I have to tell you, slow it down? All right, keep going. Don't go that way. I didn't tell you to go that way. What are you doing? How are you feeling right now? Terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible. All right, thanks, Chase. Appreciate that. Parenting without purpose drives us and our kids crazy. Amen? Parenting without purpose drives us and our kids crazy. God has made us to proactively parent with his purpose in his power. We'll be unpacking this for weeks here, all right? God has made us to proactively parent with his purpose in his power. All right, let's jump into God's word here. Stay in Deuteronomy. I'm going to start here in Proverbs chapter 22. Go ahead and uh, turn to Deuteronomy here. But train up a child in the way he or she should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6. We'll come back to that. Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 6. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may gr- multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the key verses here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and you shall put them as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, Lord, we ask for you to speak to us today from your word. We ask for you to lead us. Lord, oftentimes we come to this place of, of talking about parenting and, and uh, kids don't come with a manual. And oftentimes we feel lost. We feel defeated and discouraged. 
We feel overrun and overcome and we're always behind and we're always trying to catch up. We feel ashamed and defeated because we're never getting it right. Or we, we, we use our kids, Lord, to fulfill our own dreams, to fulfill our own personal needs. And we meet our needs through our kids. Lord, rather than leading them to you, they're your gifts to us. God, we pray, guide us in this special place of parenting, this powerful place of parenting. Guide us, Lord God, that we may hear your instruction and your wisdom without shame and be able to employ it, Lord, in your power. In your name we pray. Amen. Today we're setting out kind of the big picture, if you will, in parenting. Kind of the bullseye, the, the aim. We're, we're not going to get so much into the nitty gritty, if you will, into parenting situations. That'll be in the coming weeks here. But as we read here, Proverbs 22, 6. I'm going to bring that up on the screen here. 20, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he or she should go. And even when they are old, they will not depart from it. We're not going to unpack all of this, this passage here today. But notice the first part. The instruction to us. Train up a child in the way they should go. As in the illustration we set up and had Chase with, uh, uh, with us up here and going through the experience. It's just terrible. His experience was terrible because too often our parenting is described by training a child up where they shouldn't go. Too often our parenting and our training of our kids it, it involves no, stop, don't. Why are you doing that? How many times do I have to tell you? Have those phrases come out of your mouth? Maybe a couple times. Yes, it happens. And not that those things don't, don't, shouldn't ever happen, but too often that's, that's where, where we end and begin. There's more. This, as God's word instructs us, we are to train our children in the way they should go. It's proactive parenting. Biblical parenting, God, parenting God's way to experience God's blessing, we experience effectiveness in parenting, is to have a vision and direction and to be able to communicate that with our children. Where are we leading them? Where are we going on this destination together? And what are the directions along the way as good navigators? Too often, and I speak from experience both as a mental health therapist a licensed professional counselor in, in Nebraska. And too often, parenting is reactive. We haven't had the greatest examples, right? We go to our default, right? What did we see? What did we experience growing up? We didn't always have the greatest examples uh, uh, that had a vision and direction and, and, and purpose in their parenting. We're just, parents were just surviving or parents were broken. Many of us are still in those same places. Oftentimes, we come to parenting with the assumptions that our children, they already know better. They already know the way. They should know, right? But they don't. We come with the faulty assumption that they're, that they're, that they're born headed in the right direction. They're going to they're grow up and be great, good, and godly kiddos. And then we're surprised when they're 
screaming and yelling at Walmart and throwing the massive fit. And we're trying to hide from our kid because we're embarrassed of the situation. And, and, and we're surprised that they're that lying is so natural. How is that the case? Self-centeredness. Slapping other children to get a toy they want. Not sharing. How is it these things are so easy for kids? Because we're born with a sinful nature. We're born with self-centeredness. It's instinctiveness. With self-survival. is instinctive. Our children, just like you and I, they need to be trained. And so as a result, with faulty assumptions, we're reactive. With assumptions that, 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 that we're, we're just trying to get by ourselves, right? We're just trying to meet our own needs. And in our own culture especially, we are just spread so thin, right? Reactive parenting is parenting out of emotion rather than out of purpose, out of intention. Reactive parenting is predominantly parenting after the fact. Why are you doing this? Reactive parenting is inconsistent. And too often characterized by anger. And as a result, reactive parenting is shaming. Shaming to our children. Rather than using the grace of God in leading them and coming alongside them and knowing, letting them know that we're disciplining them in love. Not in putting them down out of anger or punishing them out of anger. This is convicting for all of us because we're all guilty at some level of this in terms of reactive parenting. We don't want our kids to grow up in this stressful place of when are mom and dad going to Follow through and when they're not going to and, and or, or in this place of being being heard and and having to recover from these messages that that were implanted in us about our identity, our value and our worth based upon. Mom or dad flying off the handle. Or not being there at all. Paul Tripp says this. I propose that so much of what drives our responses or you could say reactions to our kids is an unannounced set of laws that are more about what we want for ourselves and our lives than what God wants from, for and from our children. In our allegiance to our law, we end up breaking God's law in our own interactions with our children. In this way, we are just like our children, people who need to be rescued from ourselves. Our own selfishness is one of the greatest drivers for reactive parenting. Can my kids just leave me alone? You can only hear mom, 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 hey mom, mom. And the kiddos don't say, you don't hear moms, right? You don't hear them say, dad, dad. Dad, hey, Dad, Dad. And all the ladies said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> so we don't want to be reactive. We want to be purposeful. And, and some of you parents, you are more purposeful. 
What is that purpose? What are we aiming for? Do you know kind of what your, your desires, your purpose, the image uh, that, that, that you're leading your ki- children to become? Do you know what that is? I want my children to be better off than me. Maybe you said that statement or thought that. I want my kids to be good, upstanding citizens. I don't want my kids to have any pain or problems. I want the, my kids to be the best. There's some of us competitive parents out there. You know who you are. I just don't want to kill my kids. I'm just keeping the bar low. My aim of parenting, keep them alive. For some of you, that's just like, yep, I'm right there. Okay, that's just, I'm living there. As we get into God's word here today, and as, we're going to, as we see here in Deuteronomy 6, God gives us purpose, and that purpose isn't to be a burden. It's to give us clarity and direction. Clarity and direction. So that we don't lead our, we don't use our kids to be a, to try to become a better version of ourselves. That we don't neglect our kids. That we don't harm our kids. Parenting out of reactivity and emotion and anger. But we build them. We see the life of Christ fill them. So let's look at the purpose for parenting here. Deuteronomy 6, in that passage. Now the context here in Deuteronomy. Moses is a leader of God's people who led them out of being enslaved to the nation of Egypt. And we're out of Egypt into this land that, that God has promised to Israel. The land that, 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 that the Jews live in today. And what we call the nation of Israel. And they stand, they've been wandering for years, 40 years. And now Moses is bringing them and they are standing on the edge of entering into this land that God has promised to them. And Moses is sharing with them and reviewing with them, this is, this is God's direction to us of who we are. We're going to go in and we're going to take the promised land, the, the, the possession that God has, has, has saved for us. This is who we're supposed to be. This is like, this passage here is like pre-teaching, which we're going to get into a little bit later. Proactive parenting does pre-teaching, where you're going into a situation you're preparing the kids in advance. This is what I expect. And, and, and this is what it looks like. And this is what's going to happen if you disobey. So God's pre-teaching to Israel here. He's just laid out and reviewed the Ten Commandments. He's already taught them this before. And they're reviewing. You know in parenting you have to repeat yourself. Right? And we get frustrated with that. How many times do I have to tell you? Well, as many a times until they get it. Right? We'll get into that in the coming weeks here. So Moses is sharing what God's word is to them. Be careful to follow my ways. Trust me. I am good. I've prepared this for you. But you got, you got to trust me and follow my ways. And so we get to verse 4 in chapter 6. This is what the, 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 the Jews call the special. This is an incredibly special passage. It's called the Shema. The Shema. 
This would be a passage that every Jewish family would memorize. And, and as you, we, we read through this, this would be written in their homes. They would actually wear boxes with this in, uh, this in this box on their forehead. Like they literally wear things on their foreheads. They all memorize. This was so important to them and to pass it every generation. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I've commanded you shall be on your heart. And he doesn't just stop there. He says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. And talk with them about this when they sit in your house and when you walk on the way and when you lie down and when you rise. What is God saying? He's boiling. He's taking all the instructions, all the directions that, that, that he has given them and how to be a society, how to be healthy. And he's boiled it down to this. This is what you've got to get. And remember, this is your purpose. This is your aim. This is the bullseye. This is the destination. Love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus would explain as he he summarizes the rest of the Ten Commandments, not just love the Lord your God, but the second part of this is just as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. I I, I kind of boiled this down in in, in a couple different phrases here, as you see on the screen here. The, The purpose of parenting is to raise our kids to be whole and holy. And I use these language because I want to unpack this because I think we, we, we get and resonate with healthy. We want our kids to be healthy, right? We want them to be whole beings. And holy, the holy, it, 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 it describes that relationship with God, that spiritual side of things. But they're together. Another simple way to put this is to love God and love others. And to make this even more clear, when we're talking with our younger kiddos, as we're And just trying to be clear, what are we doing? What is this about? We want to be like Jesus. We're training our kids to be like Jesus. Let me just unpack just a little bit of this. The first four commandments in the Ten Commandments, in chapter 5, if you look in that previous pages before chapter 6 there, it's talking about you shall have no other gods before you. Do not make for yourselves an idol in any way. Honor the name of the God. Honor the name of the Lord. Don't use it in vain. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, for this is a part of our relationship with God. This describes that vertical relationship, the devotion to God. Love God. Love the Lord your God. Because in that we find our identity, our purpose. In that we make things right because we're naturally self-centered and inwardly focused. That is the problem, the ultimate problem about all of society. Several weeks back, I laid out statistics showing the, the, the decline of family, the decline of morality in our nation here as a whole. Where does this come from? Because we're looking to ourselves. We've got to get this thing right, this vertical thing right. It's about him. And it starts with training our children without. It's about Jesus, becoming like Jesus. But it's not just that. Well, look at this in terms of the second half of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. 
shall not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, don't cover your neighbor's wife or donkey or anything. Any donkeys? Maybe that might be their car or their house. What are these things he's talking about? These, this is, these are things that we're trying to teach our kids in regulating themselves rather than seeking to control their environment, right? Control their world. Respect others. How to respect authority. Isn't that important, right? It's so important. And we're seeing a decline in that. Respecting authority. Respecting others' boundaries. Managing their sexual desires. Being faithful in, in relationships, asking for permission, contentment. Boy, that one hits really, right? Gratitude, self-control, being patient, managing our anger, forgiving others, telling the truth. Aren't these good things, right? This is part of being a whole person. Having, being able to have healthy relationships with others. That comes from having that holy relationship with God. Again, I'm not going to dive too deep into this in terms of specifics. But in terms of the language, what are we using with our kids? Where are we going, kids? We're going to be like Jesus. We want to love God and we want to love others. Where are we going? This is something, as it's saying, when do we talk about this? When do they know? When do we, they hear about it? Not after they've dis- disobeyed. Not only when they disobey. It's actually in the natural things of life, right? When we're driving our kids to school to drop them off, we're talking about how we can love Jesus today. How we can be like Jesus at school, at work, in our family relationships. When we're at the table, we're talking about how do we be like Jesus We're celebrating that. How are we being whole and holy? How are we forming that in our kids? This is our aim. There's a secondary purpose here that I think is really critical for us and important for us to get. Not just raising our kids to be whole and holy, to love God and love others, to be like Jesus, but raising our kids to be spiritual parents. Raising our kids to be spiritual parents, to love God and to pass that on to the next generation. Where do we see that here? In Deuteronomy 6. First, he's speaking to parents, right? He's speaking to parents. Love God with all that you have. Now teach this to your kids. What are, we, what are they to teach to their kids? They're to teach to their kids to love God. Does it stop there? No, because those kids are supposed to teach to their kids as well. How are they supposed to learn how to do that? From, from our parents. We're, we're not just to prepare them just for the individual relationship with God, but to prepare them to pass it on as well. This is where in our parenting, we, we set the bar too low. And, 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 and in previous years, without the technology, 100 years ago, we were preparing kids to take over the farm, to take over the family business. They were, they were preparing to be adults at the age of 16. Preparing to be parents. We're still trying to get young men to be parents or prepare to be adults at age 30. It's a real phenomenon, unfortunately. 
Our expectations have lowered so much. Check out this. Just a few, a few quotes here that, that, are, that are helpful in this. And this is from a Bible scholar explaining this passage. J.A. Thompson in the Tyndale Old Testament Commentary. He says, The disposition to love God implies the disposition both to obey His commandments and to impart these to the children of the following generations. Every generation would impart this. So as to maintain an attitude of love and obedience among them. This is a former uh, football coach for uh, University of Alabama. You can groan at me forever. You know, Nick Saban passed. The era is over. I enjoy college football quite a bit. Alabama is part of my family history. Uh, my mom grew up there, went to school there. Well, the coach there, Gene Stallings, was a national champion, led the team to the national championship in 1992. And he was asked, in the midst of his success, um, uh, you know, what, what is success in, in, in his mind? And uh, so he congratulated for the award of National Coach of the Year. Gene Stallings replied, if you want to measure my success as a man, don't look at my wins or losses. Look at my kids and see how they are doing in the Lord. And go to the next slide. He was asked, what is your goal in life? His reply was, when my kids are 29, 30, 31, I want them to be godly people with godly kids in godly homes. You hear that aim, that, that, that biblical aim of I want to raise spiritual parents. Now, not all of our kids may be parents uh, biologically, but, but every human being is responsible to love others and to pass the love of Christ on to others, whether they have biological children or not. Every single one of us here is responsible not just to be in relationship with God, but to be in relationship with others and to share that love of Christ and the character of Christ with others. We are not to raise children. We're to raise parents. All right? This is, this is, this is going to be a little bit of a, of a stretch. And you might say, come on now. We've got to let kids be kids. Now, some, sometimes there's some of us were expecting, maybe expecting too much of our kids too soon, uh, uh, you know, especially with sports and academics, you know, where, where, where we're putting achievement in the place of their identity. Let kids be kids. The, the problem with parenting today, I need you to get this, is when we just focus on raising kids and letting kids be kids, when that is just it, our danger is fostering dependency and disrespect instead of developing responsibility and respect for others. When we're merely just raising kids and letting kids be kids, we are fostering dependency. Not developing responsibility. We're fostering dependency in our homes, in the kids' lives. Kids need to have chores. They need to be part of the, 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 the family structure and rhythms and responsibilities. They need to be brought into cooking. They need to be brought into checking the oil in the car. They need to be brought in and given responsibilities. Our kids are capable of so much more than we allow them to be a part of. Our kids are amazing. We do not want to foster dependency and disrespect, but the trajectory of parenting right now is 
we're getting more complicated. This is what I want to give you guys. Parenting is dancing this line between meeting our kids where they're at as two-year-olds, as five-year-olds, as 15-year-olds. Meeting them where they're at in that stage of development in their lives and leading them to who, where they're to become, who they are to become. You get that? It's, it's a tension, this dance that we're moving. We're always trying to move them towards something. We're not just trying to teach to them. Any good teacher knows you don't teach to the level of your students. You teach above them. So they rise to it. Parenting is dancing this line of meeting them where they're at and leading them to, into who they are to become. We are to be proactive as parents. We are to be proactive as parents. The aim is Jesus. The aim is to raise parents, spiritual parents, not kids. Now, there's some principles that, that God has given us. I'm just going to lay these out here. We're not going to get into these in detail. I just want to give them to you for you to write it down. And if you'd like, I can send you out the slides of this. We're going to unpack these in specific examples as we go forward uh, in the sermon series. But proactive parenting principles involve teaching in advance. We cannot assume our kids know whether that is what's right behavior when we go into Walmart or Hy-Vee. Or how do we answer a phone? Silence on the other end. Click. I don't know if you've had that. Hello? Hello? Little things. How do we handle our anger? Some basic, some, some of the basic instructions that we're all teaching our kids is how to follow instructions. How do we respect others? How do we accept decisions? How do we accept consequences? How do we apologize? These are fundamentals they were teaching kids early on, right? But they need to be taught outside of the moments of disobedience. We don't wait for moments of disobedience to teach to our kids. In addition to teaching, then we practice. Okay, so this is what it looks like. We're going to walk through. How do we say, I'm sorry? I'm going to say this to your mommy here, all right? This is what it sounds like for me to apologize and ask for forgiveness. Now, you repeat after me. You follow my example. When they do disobey, we go back to, okay, now we're going to do it the right way. We don't just tell the kids when they did, when or how they did things uh, wrong, but then we ask them, okay, now, when we know that there's particular areas of struggle with, for our kiddos, we pre-teach, just like God was doing with the Israelites before they went into his land into the promised land there, we pre-teach, we prepare. When we know we're going into areas where kids struggle and they're going to have problems, we prepare them. We equip them with pre-teaching. What are our expectations? What's the situation? What does a positive behavior look like? Let's practice. These are the consequences that are going to happen. Fire from God. I come down and consume you. We model. Any of you, uh, any of you uh, ever lived by that statement? Do what I say, not what I do. Every hand should go up, right? Do what I say, not what I do, right? Modeling so important. Okay, we're going to break this down. This is one of the small thing that goes a long way. Are we affirming our kids when they're on the path? Are we catching them when they're good and godly? 
Or are we just catching them off the path? Why did you do that? We, we, we may be quick to and, 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 and consistent with employing consequences, but are we consistent with affirming? The scriptures say, train the child in the way they should go. This is a discipline that we want you to grow in as parents and even as a culture. How are we encouraging each other? How are we encouraging our kids? We breathe life into them when we celebrate with them. Hey, that was so respectful. Wow, thank you for doing that. The other day, one of my sons said, thanks, mom, for supper. Wow, about fell out of my chair. Hey, Xander, that, that was really special. That really meant a lot to mom. Thank you for doing that, son. Wow. Let's catch him being good and godly. And of course, we do have to discipline. That's so important. It's healthy and good to discipline our children out of love. And again, we need to repeat. Repetition is necessary. Being a proactive parent doesn't mean that we can prepare for every situation, but in every situation that we as parents, we can be prepared through prayer. We're not going to be able to anticipate every situation, but we can be prayerful as parents rather than fearful. Oh God, please don't let this happen. Lord, I can't stop things. I can't control my kids. Holy Spirit be in control of me. In this public situation, in this moment with the kids, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I I feel insecure. I can't prepare for everything, but Lord, I can prepare for you being in control of me. Holy Spirit, lead me. As we come to the conclusion here, the greatest gift, as we're talking about our parenting and what we're doing with our kids, The greatest thing we need to walk away with, the greatest gift that you and I, we give our kids, is our own authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, the the instruction is first and foremost to the parents. Love the Lord your God with everything that's in you. And let this be in your heart not a religious thing. We're not talking about, okay, we got, we, got to, we got to do all the right things. Are we reading that devotional book that Pastor Scott said? Are we going to church? It's not about the rules. That's religion. That's empty and dead. Are we pursuing Christ? Are we seeking Christ to fill us and strengthen us? Are we receiving his grace and mercy? Because when we as broken, sinful people are experiencing the good father loving us, you know what we're going to give? What we've received. We need to give our kids our own relationship, authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing. If you get anything out of today, this is it. It's all about Jesus. The purpose for parenting, it's Jesus. Your role is Jesus. It's always about relationship. It's always about him. My encouragement today is... You may say, like, I don't have time. Listen, if you've got time for Facebook, if you've got time for Netflix, if you've got time for ESPN, Fox News, CNN, you got, and you all know, I'm stepping on toes, right? (laughs) You got time for Jesus. It's the most important thing in your life, guys. 
Let him love you, your creator, your savior. Let him lead you. Let him teach you so you can with your kids. Let me pray. Holy Spirit. I just pray against Satan's attack with shame right now to steal the good truths from your word and and your direction, Lord. He would say, look at how you're wrong and you're messed up and you miss it. And to get to bring defeat right now. And just in Jesus name, we come against shame. And we just thank you, Jesus, and your grace that you paid for our parenting. You paid for our parenting failures and mess ups. You, you, you already knew them in advance. You saw it on the cross, all our brokenness, everything. And you died for us. Jesus, draw us to yourself in, in, in your love and your mercy that you want to change us. Your discipline isn't uh, 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 to, to hurt us, to, to punish us. Your discipline is to teach us and train us just as we are to train others. And you do it in grace. In grace. Grace trains us to say no to ourselves. Grace trains us to, to, to not look at our brokenness and our failures, but to look at you on the cross and what you've done. So Holy Spirit, in your love. So Holy Spirit, fill us that we might go forward today empowered, encouraged, because you have more. You have more you want to do in us. You have more, Jesus, you want to reveal to us. You have more for our kiddos. We are not powerless. We are powerful through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.